is the oldest trick in the book. Use their name in a text conversation or an email. Use it three times at a minimum. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to season four of Digital Marketing Masters, where we're interviewing 50 business book authors. And today, my guest is Sam. Sam, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And Sam George is the author and digital marketing professionals worked on campaigns for big names like Nancy Pelosi, George Soros, and the University of Phoenix. And his latest book, I'll Get Back to You, is about why unreturned messages drive us crazy and how we can solve the problems of digital communications. And Sam, I got to tell you, kind of before we get into it, I'll tell you a quick story. I moved from the United States to Maritime Canada. I live in the southwestern part of Nova Scotia, which for those unfamiliar is kind of across the water from Portland, Maine in the United States. And in the kind of uh, rural area where I live, the most of the people who do work here have so much work that they don't need to do any kind of marketing or advertising or anything. And what happens is they're so busy that they can't answer the phone and they don't return anyone's calls. So we were trying to find an electrician. I think we called a dozen people and not a single one called us back. You know, so so it's rampant where I live now. <laughs> so anyways, Sam, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your book? I'll get back to you. Thank you. The, the book starts, I mean, I started writing the book about this crazy experience that we have. You know, I focus on emails and text, and I can explain to you why, because a call, I mean, it has a similar effect as a call. A call is an invitation. Emails and texts are allegedly conversations. And, uh, you know, with that is, uh, but they both trigger that, that phenomenon as well as other things. And so I, I thought, wow, I'm going to write a book about this crazy experience, try and figure it out. And as I started writing, I came to a much broader understanding of digital communications and why people, the problems with it, why people complain about the downside, many good side, as well as a new psychological theory, which explains why we do this. But uh, the unreturned message by my, you know, I, I've done polling and research, both professional interviews before I did this. Everything in this book, you know, you see these self-improvement business books and people are throwing out advice. I have quantified everything that I'm going to talk to you about. And um, I do have strategies uniquely for businesses as well. But, uh, but it is a big deal in business because email is the backbone of America, American business today. Even outside of digital marketing, it is the backbone of communication. And so it's, uh, it's very significant in that respect. So here's the thing, the, what I call the discommunication syndrome. Somebody doesn't return your email or text, we use the digital side of it. You know, you can see in the case of a text that, hey, they opened it or, you know, with an email. And um, after a while, the following process uh, occurs is what I, you know, it's, it's a syndrome. I mean, the polling shows that these are the stages. The first stage is anxiety and or agitation, you know, like what's going on here? And then uh, the second stage is we decide that something's wrong. I mean, why is something wrong? I mean, we know that when we have these experiences that eventually you catch up with the person and nothing's wrong, but we decide that something's wrong. 
And that wrong inevitably, that's not their wrong is not that they were late. You know, their 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 wrong is this has something to do with you. And then immediately, without deber- deliberation, we jump to a worst case scenario as the foundation of the reason why the message has not been returned. I mean, it can be all kinds of things. You know, your wife is at a conference and she hasn't returned your text and it's late at night and you sent three and I'll, oh my God, is she with, you know, and with another man? I mean, I, this stuff happens all the time. And uh, that's just one of many, many situations. You know, you haven't heard back from your boss regarding a communication and you start to think that you've been fired. I mean, this is common. <laughs> you know, you don't think that, oh, your boss is doing X, Y, and Z. As a matter of fact, you can't. You can't even think about it. If you try and think about X, Y, and Z, it won't work out. So then you catastrophize. In other words, you know, once that's sort of the narrative. You catastrophize. You keep on, and then, you know, you repeat. It's a negative thought loop. So those are the characteristics. Those are the steps. Uh, Matt, do I, are they clear and distinct, those steps? Yeah, so I, I think, pretty much anybody is is going to be familiar with these right anxiety when they haven't got the message back and then you know they're like well something must be wrong because otherwise they wouldn't message me you know and then they you know delve into that worst case scenario. oh my god they've crashed their car otherwise they would have texted me back five minutes ago right so what is the cure is it is it just knowledge of those three steps and you can go, OK, well, I know that this is happening or is, the other is, steps is that basically you catastrophize. In other words, a negative loop creates. And so it's like repeating in your head. And if you go to think about, well, maybe it was this, this and this, it, it won't work. If you try and come up with a rational basis. So the question is, why do we go off in this crazy land? We know that these messages will be returned. You know, 90 percent of the time, you know, these these crazy things we think and, you know, it's distrust. Some of the people closest to us. I mean, when you create a worst case scenario about a friend or in a relationship, that's distrust. The narrative can't help but distrust. And, yeah, I mean, it is an accident sometimes, but usually, no, usually it's a plot against you, not not an accident. <laughs> Why they not return? You know, like I said, so, the, the, you know, there is, first of all, you know, a psychological reason we do this. So it's important to know that, but it's also important to know the overall context of, of why, why, what I call the discommunication crisis. The discommunication crisis is very simple. It's conversational communication without immediate feedback. And that really is the, the, the defining, I mean, it is a paradigm, it is an epic shift in communications arguably bigger than the uh, printing press. So since the beginning of time, we've had communication like this. I say something, you respond, we can quickly adapt, communicate. It's a positive experience. You know, we, we, we can clarify. The depth of it is exponentially larger. And people, you know, have good conversations. You know, the brain releases dopamine, feel good things, all kinds of things. I've never heard of a good email conversation or a good text conversation. And, and there's a completeness. There is a closure at the end of the, uh, you know, at the end of the, uh, the, the conversation by phone or in person. There is a closure and people know where each other stands. And that's so greatly secure. So we've taken this secure anchor of reciprocal or immediate feedback and replaced it with a system by definition does not have that feedback. 
So the anchor and the ground has been completely thrown away. We now have a broken loop of communication because everything is delayed. Then things are not clear. You don't have the point to clarify, like in the case of this conversation. Let me ask you, Matt, could you do this show through email or text messages? Could you do this show? You know, it's funny that you ask that because we tried to set up another show where we had the questions set up and people could record the answers. And then we were going to put the pieces back together after. And you know what happened? Nobody did it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even that's not quite, I mean, that's more structured than what I'm talking about, but I understand. Yeah. It was a complete waste of our effort to try and put that together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you just, but I mean, at least there was a structure there. There is no way that you can, that you could, you could do this show. That shows the limits. I mean, uh, the level of communication of an email or text is like a 8% compared to uh, direct conversation. And it, this thing about body language and all that, that doesn't necessarily matter. The phone's fine. You know, you can read somebody's intonation, the, their voice. I mean, there's a lot of body language and verbal communication. Absolutely. You can tell they're distracted. You know, so, so this thing about, uh, you know, the, I think there's something to that. Well, it's like uh, it's like sales training, right, where they tell you to smile while you're selling on the phone because, you know, people, it, your positivity comes through in your voice inflection. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I didn't go through that training, but that's a good point. Right. You know, actually, that's a very good strategy because it does radiate through. So that's one of the misconstructions that this is due to the fact that we don't have face to face. That's not true. OK, The second misconstruction is that this is due to technology. Well, no, it's not. 80% of the emails are opened up on our phone and uh, essentially all of the text messages. What was the vehicle before this? The telephone. (laughs) The technology has not changed. It's the same technology. So nothing's changed in that respect. So it's not the technology. What it is, and this is very important, it's a little abstract, but what it is is just this, immediate feedback. And that is really where all the problems, whether it's a, a miscommunication like, a, you know, we talked about what happens when people flip out. There's all kinds of interim phases. It doesn't take long for you to start worrying. Did they understand me? Do they really get it? Will they return? Will they respond? All these kinds of things. And so, you know, we have this very secure foundation of communications all the way into to the 90s. And then, you know, when this came along, it was it was recreational. You know, but now this form of communication, digital communication, and we're not talking about digital marketing per se. We're talking about communication. Digital marketing deals with communication, but it's not the same as when we correspond and have conversations with each other. I think the majority of good digital marketing has to do with either starting a conversation or getting a conversation going. And that the feedback loop is something that actually gets talked about. A lot. And how can you shorten that loop? But you're you're right. There is definitely a disconnect in those types of communications. And you know what's interesting is we have a mastermind group where we help small business owners, right? And entrepreneurs. And we didn't want to have a Facebook group for people to talk in because it's not really talking, right? Just like you were saying. And we wanted something, you know, on a platform that because some people don't want to be on Facebook because of the studies about how harmful it is to people, you know, and things. So we use a system called Marco Polo and Marco Polo essentially is video voicemail, 
right? You, I shoot a video of myself with my phone. It goes out to everyone in the group. They can watch it whenever they want. They can respond if they want to kind of thing. But when we set the expectation to say, we're going to send a message, watch it whenever you want. You don't have to respond, right? We've had really positive feedback using that tool. But in previous circumstances, when we've done, you know, Facebook groups and things, we'll, we'll post stuff and you just get, get crickets, right? You know, no one says anything or, or comments anything back. And your immediate first thought is, wow, did I offend someone? They didn't like what I wrote, you know, just like the same idea of what you're saying. So I think maybe some of the expectation around communication is, is important to help with that problem. You know, Matt, that's true. And that sounds like an excellent program. But I'm sure the people that participate it believe at times, you know, it's kind of like there are passive things like on Facebook, you make a post and if nobody responds, well, I think, you know, so there it's better. It's an improvement. But don't think, you know, Matt, there isn't some dissonance out there. But yes, changing the expectations. But I'll tell you, though, and I, and I you know, on a different front, because, you know, this sounds like a great program um, and I'd like to know more about it. But. You know, I think you're right from saying from the get go, it's kind of like with what mail used to be or letters. You know, there's no expectation, right, of an immediate response. And so I think that really is, you know, fundamental. But I can tell you, like in the case of text messages, if person number one goes out to the date with person number two and they said person number two uh, paid for the dinner, et cetera, and person number one sends the second date, a man or woman, we'll just say late. Okay, I don't want to be sexy. Okay, so the woman's going on a date. She sent this is their second date. Hey, had a great net dinner. Thanks, you know. I can guarantee you by three. She didn't ask a question. She just made a statement, you know what I mean? Thanked him. But if there's no response on the other side by the afternoon, she's starting to catastrophize. Oh, this is never going to work. So a passive communication can. not. This doesn't have to do with your system, Right. Because there's very structured rules, but a passive communication. In fact, that's one of the biggest things I tell people: don't send random texts. You know, <laughs> you know, send texts that are that are specific on that particular area. But but yes, I mean that does highlight the point. And sure, you know, I do some digital marketing, and it's probably not as sophisticated. I'm dealing with political. Dorm. I do political fundraising, and so there already is sort of a presumed loop. You know, I'm not dealing with people cold where you have to sort of start the narrative. But yes, it's there are tiers in which you introduce things and you want to engage them first, you know, where in case of political fundraising, they're already engaged. They get a bunch of this stuff, you know, you know by who they donated to. So that step, I'm, I'm fortunate. But yes, of course. But still, you know, one of the things, though, you do know, I mean, essentially in political fundraising, like I said, it's a different dynamic. But I can tell you right now, they either... They don't go back and contribute. I mean, 80% of the time, they'll click the link or they'll contribute the moment they read the message. And that's what really you have to do to do exactly what you say. You and digital marketing have create, tried to emulate the immediate feedback loop in this book, drawing on some of the uh, experiences that I've had with digital communication, tries to get people to do things like not put the subject of the email in the, in the email life to put anything else, just like we experiment with subject line. It's a whole science. Gosh, you know, uh, what do you use? For, what do you use to, to get your subject lines? What do you, do you have well, I'll tell you what, there is a system that we've kind of combined from two 
organizations that develop marketing strategies. And if we're using a large list to go to, generally what we're going to do is we're going to segment a small portion of that list that we think is representative of the other people in the list. So it could be a random sample or it could be, you know, we tag every 10th person or something like that, right? So we have a way to make about 5 or 10% of the audience, depending upon the size of the list. And then we will send a test to half of that audience with one subject line and another half of that audience with another subject line. And we'll see which one's the winner. And then we will again test either the call to action or the information in the body of the email between another, you know, 5%, you know, and we'll test that out. Once we have the winning combination there of the subject line and the call to action, then we'll send that out to the other 80% of the list. But you know this, Matt, is that in the you know in case you know, I've sent my four or five emails a week, you tell us different genres of subject lines or different. You know, if I if I had to send out four emails, I can't do that four t- times. You know, I mean, you know, I just go online and use you know sort of uh, some of the tradi- You know, I, I you know it's like I said, I'm dealing in politics. It's nowhere is sophisticated. You're dealing with political donors, um, but you have to get people to open the email. You know, that's something that people do, the lay people do not realize. If you don't open the email, you're dead. And I can tell you right now that you know the open, what's the average open rate for? I mean, it varies wildly by, you know, industry. But, you know, we're usually aiming for, you know, anywhere from 15 to 25 percent, which is pretty high. But I mean, we also wrote the Inbox Mastery email marketing course. So we know what we're doing. So, you know what? And I, I I get what you're saying. And I think from a marketing perspective for email, the first thing that we worry about is delivery and which is a technology problem, right? Does the email actually get delivered to the person and does it make it into their inbox? And then the next thing we worry about is the subject line because we have to get them to open it, right? Because if they can't open it, they can't read it. And then we got to get them to read it and that reading we're trying to get them to read the first line of the email. The first line makes them read the second line. And if they've read the second line, they'll usually read the rest. And if they read the rest, then we get them to click the call to action button. And that's our goal, right? Step one, delivery. Step two, subject. Step three is get them to start reading. Step four is call to action. And then step five is whatever action we want them to take after that. Well, you know, delivery, right, isn't the issue. I mean, it's really whether it goes into spam and they see it. If it does, if it goes into Sam, I mean, essentially it's delivered, but people don't see it. Yeah. Well, I mean, delivery is is an issue nowadays. Okay. Well, doesn't it tell you if based? No, it doesn't. That's the problem, right? And so, and I mean, maybe this is something you're not aware of because of the technology side. But what can happen is there's a number of things that happen. So. Like if your email is from a domain and you don't have something like an SPF record in your DNS, then someone like Microsoft or Gmail from Google, they won't deliver your message at all. But they don't tell you they didn't deliver it. They just don't deliver it. But doesn't your CRM show up? I mean, your CRM, uh, let's say I use Active Campaign, it shows it as, uh, as that it's been delivered. If you're using a, a top-notch CRM, you know, don't they get the... It shows that it was sent. It doesn't show that it was delivered. And those are two different things. Well, they show that, you know, like with Active Campaign, the one I use, it's a premium, but, you know, it's a, but a more user-friendly one. It's not a necessarily a high-level, high-powered business uh, marketing platform, but it's very good. And they'll show it as delivered. 
I don't know how they know this or, you know, they show sent and delivery. So that's perhaps why I don't. Yes and no. So you can you can check delivery. You could get a log file from the mail server that will tell you if something was declined, if they send that back to you. But what can happen in some cases is there's almost a filtering system, like a pre-spam filtering system. Spam filtering is what decides if it goes into like the promotions box or the, you know, the spam folder or something. But in some cases, if the mail server thinks it's from a blacklisted IP address, is it from a domain that's on a blacklist? Is it something that most of our users have said is spam? We may not deliver that. So any of those reasons, and there's a couple other ones, they just delete them. They don't send a message back to say we're not delivering it. They don't do anything. They just delete it. And I mean, that's unfortunate, but it's the truth. So anyways, that's why we worry about delivery. In my particular, like I said, I, you know, mine is not as multidimensional, but political fundraising, you know, like I'm creating these out of nothing, right? I mean, these organizations, they weren't like, oh, I went to Sierra Club. I have to literally take, you know, establish a domain, establish the identity, develop it. So it's a fairly complex process, too, in a different way. What I did was an experiment I, I use Active Campaign, and so I took a, another CRM that I have access to, Mailgun. And this is the story. I mean, essentially, the main story is if you send through one CRM and you through to another CRM, you will get people to open and vice versa. That's all there is to it. It just doesn't, there's no uniform. You know, whatever are the reasons and what they tell you, spam filters and all these things. And there's no way to really know because you can take top CRMs. And I I encourage people, you know, try this. I mean, I had a premium list, okay, a really premium list. So I didn't want to just go to new data. I wanted to use this premium list. And I would, from the get-go, they weren't opening. And my assumption was, at least with this particular list, they were going to spam. And that has been the case. But, you you know, your stuff is different. I'm using just a CRM. You know, everything goes through active campaign. So I would go over and then so I use and search. Sure enough, if you I take the non openers from active campaign from the get go, never open it. As you know, this is the black hole. And then I send them over there and I, I would get open rates as high as I mean, similar to what I got on the initial database and the other database. So there you go. There's nothing different. It's the exact same emails. And the only difference is it's two different CRMs. Right. Well, what the difference would be is is the IP address and the the sender gets scored by the recipient uh, depending upon the software they use. So different CRMs could have different delivery to different other mail servers. And I know that's ridiculous, but that's, you know, the way the Internet works. I'll have to try. I'm going to try it for due to circumstances. I'm going to do a vice versa. Right. So now I'm going to take and the mail them people and put them over there. But my hypothesis is that I'm just saying to you, as a you know, I'm not an expert in digital marketing, but I, the bottom line is we just don't know. We just don't know. We can try and say, well, it's open rates and you use these words in the subject line and all of this stuff. We just don't know. And in this case, I think it's a good example of, you know, that some some CR, I mean, you take two given CRMs. I don't think it's these are both established. You know, they, they both have good reputations. It's not coming from this it's coming from them. Our domain is on both. So I think what it shows to you is that we just don't know. There's a randomness involved here. And you can try and, you know, I think it's good to do all this. But I'll tell you, based on this experiment, I don't believe there's any way 
Uh, I mean, I think that that email, whether an email goes to spam or not, is random. Okay, you can improve just like you can. You can improve probability. But, you know, of any given list. But but this I know. This I do know. I'm just sharing with you shop talk of something that I experiment I did that speaks to the profession. And again, I don't consider myself a digital marketer per se. I have a sort of unique thing, which is digital fundraising, which has a certain set of, you know, a more narrow set of parameters that I have to establish than what you, the kind of sophisticated segmentation stuff that you do. Well, and you're cold emailing, right? So, you know, they haven't heard from your organization before. So you're going to have a different result, right? But from donors of people who we know have a proclivity, right? First of all, these people all, they're getting hit up by everybody, right? So it's not usually, you don't get complaints, right? They just unsubscribe. I mean, when I've done cold stuff, you get some serious complaints and spam. Yeah, like if it's unfiltered cold emailing, right? Where you're just getting a list and you're sending to the list without having any idea of, you know, their likes and interests and stuff. That's, you're going to get huge spam issues. Yeah. So anyways, uh, but back to this. So what we learned from this is that the quickest one, you got to get people to open the meal immediately. You know, here's the deal is that we can get access. We, you know, we, we have our phones. We're looking at our email most of the time, more than 50 percent, but maybe some. It's there. We have the number one reason we'll talk about emails because we're going to talk about that. You know, we can talk about text, too, is because either one, they missed it. Okay, easy to miss. Lots of emails. I miss them all the time. Uh, Secondly, and this is actually a bigger reason. They see it. They see it and they file it and they mean to get back and they either don't get back in a timely way. And that doesn't stop you from going through your little cycle or they don't return it at all. And and uh, that's, you know, our short term memory. And that's why you have to to try everything. You know, I'm just going to apply this now, not to digital marketing. take it back to my book. The first thing that I tell people within terms of emails, and I make it simple from them. And so rather than coming up with a complex subject line, you know, the open rates are not that much higher. They're less than 50%, even for many of our normal transactions with business people and our friends and stuff. You know, there's a low open rate. Okay. You know, I would say that the average person thinks it's much higher, but oh my God, it's not. And then one of the biggest things. So the first thing I tell people is do not put the subject of the email in the subject line because of two things. One, you know, I mean, I don't have to explain. Every digital marketer knows you've got to create curiosity. You put the subject line. No one's going to. But a layperson does not know this. In fact, they think that the better that they can. And that therein lies the problem of the filing of the email. If they see something about they know meetings in the work and they say meeting, ah. Uh, that's going to get filed. If they think they know what this is about, they just are not going to open it necessarily on the spot. There's no urgency to do that. The problem is then they're going to forget about it and either, you know, frequently, not always. And, and then it's it's untimely, which means you've already gone into this little catastrophizing or it never gets back. And, 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 and so that really is the biggest, biggest problem. And so the first thing I tell people is, you know, to keep it simple from there. What you need is a simple for the lay people. I say, okay, what's the first word that comes to your mind right now? But anything, football, whatever, anything, the first word that Matt comes to your mind. Start. Start. Okay, that's what I tell them. You know, because I, I mean, really, it's about the pattern break. You know what I mean? You really, 
that is, you know, because otherwise we're not going to go online and, you know, oh, my prescription has expired or something like that, right? They're, just to create a, a break, you know, because, I mean, I don't want to make it difficult. But I just say put the first word that comes to your mind in the subject line. That's it. So if you get someone to open the email spot, and that's why I was talking about digital marketing, if you get someone to open the email on the spot, their chances of returning it are, are much higher, but here's the second thing you have to do. You know, like I said, most of the shit's getting filed. And the second thing is you have to do is get them to read your email. And I, this is another thing, you know, personalization, but I go to the extreme. Everybody knows that, you know, according to every study, et cetera, what stimulates the most? Our first name. You can wire people up even more than sex or, you know, pornography. It is our first name. Matt, if somebody you know fairly well and you're talking to them and it's pretty obvious that they somehow have forgotten your name, how does that make you feel? Right. Poorly, even though it's <laughs> not really that important. Right. OK. But if you go to the grocery store and some clerk you haven't seen in a month, you know what I mean? It says, hey, man, how you doing? How do you feel? Right. It's always good to have somebody remember you, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so the it's the ultimate validation. Not that, you know, people think of validation as oh, you know, saying you're a great. No, no. Validation, the most fundamental validation, uh, you know, that makes people feel, feel good. So it's the oldest trick in the book. Use their name in a text conversation or an email. Use it three times at a minimum, and tell people. Let's just use the email for example. So you address them, dear Matt, and then at the call to action, you put Matt comma. OK. Uh, OK. And then you can say somewhere on the goodbye. Hey, uh, this is, you know, thanks, Paul, for your time or whatever it is. Thanks, Paul. You know, so, but there should be three times. People scanning is a big problem. Oh, my God. It's as big of a problem scanning. And the reason that people don't get back to people because they're scanning the 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 emails. And so a simple way of getting these are very simple, right? The subject client, you know, and then. You know, putting their name in it, they're not, they're going to read their names in there. I guarantee they're going to read it. You know, the other thing that I say that this is a little bit different than what we know from digital marketing, but this is a strategy that, that I, I believe from using psychology is always ask a question. I mean, the one thing, the most difficult thing when you get an email that you do open and that you do try to read, another reason you don't return it right away is you can't figure out exactly what the what, what are you what are you getting at? What's you know like uh, you know and, and then frequently people will also use like kind of open ended things. Let me know what you think, or I need your input. Input. I mean, you know, it's not clear. Questions are clear. That's all I know about. If you ask somebody a question, you have clarified. Even if the email is not about a question, make it a question. Okay. And there's no email or text message. You fairly early ask a question. And like I said before, you, you know, it's that question. <laughs> I mean, you know, so the, the second thing is just don't ask any question. Make sure that's of the genre of what called is limit situation. Yes, no, either or. Now, of course, you don't put yes, no. Agree, disagree. Do you agree or disagree? You know, I mean, something like that, because that, too. So you have one, you ask a question which demands a response. But two, you don't make it an open ended question. You make it a limit situation where it's either or, which even more forces them, you know, limit situations to respond. So that's three simple ways. And then what people feel, people feel, we don't, but people feel like ashamed or awkward or uncomfortable to follow up. Oh my God. Uh, you know, I tell people 24 hours, 
send another email and then send another email. And you know what I tell them? Send the exact same email and just put a different subject line. Don't reword things. And you shouldn't say, you know, the, the research says that 75% of the people welcome and the other people really don't care. The reminder, you know, we have in our heads that somehow oh, we'll offend them. Well, you will offend them if you say, did you get my email? <laughs> you know, or, or if you forward the email, you know, like then they have to try and ferret out. You know, I just generally speaking, this gets into a second tier. Don't forward emails. OK, you, you just a mistake. You know what I mean? You either cut and copy the original text, you know, but do not forward an email. Do not put internet links into the thing. But, you know, it's all cut and paste into the body of the email. I'm not talking about lay people, right? We're not talking about. But these are the things that I think can really help. It's very important in the area of text messages, too. Nobody starts a text message, dear Matt. Very important to do that. You get their attention. That's kind of like the subject line. We're not going to, you know, don't have a subject line, you know, and then be specific. Okay. If you're going to, and then ask a question, you've got to ask a question, you know, you fairly early on and that's it. Boom. And uh, if you don't get a response, like I said, just write the same text message or the same email. You don't have to rewrite it. You just simply cut and paste and say, I do this with sometimes with my uh, my email. If they haven't opened the email, right? I don't like, you know, we have an automatic algorithm. Just resend the email <laughs> to the people that didn't open it. I'm telling people do the same thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are scared to send, you know, the same or similar email again. But one kind of trick that works really good with, with companies, you know, if you're sending out, whether it's to consumers or to other companies, is to use the resend to non-openers function that most, you know, most email CRMs have them now. And, or you can segment your list to people who did not open the last email and then send it again, right? Oh, I would never, in digital marketing, you never want to send the same subject line. You know, you basically can send it. Yeah. And I, yeah, I would change the subject line, even if you are sending it to someone who the system doesn't think opened it. But when you're sending to non-openers, that means they didn't open the first one. So you don't need to worry about sending them two because they never got the first one. Right. So you can send them as many as you want if they never opened it. Well, you do. I mean, I, I basically do change, you know, I'll have an A and B. Right. So if they don't open it, they'll get a B and the B has a different subject line because we our data does show that. If it's the same, that the, the the open rate will increase. Then the second day, you're not going to get as high of an open rate, and the click throughs are not as great. You know, they're very. These are your second tier people. I mean, in my universe, you know, you've got a political base of hardliners, and you've got a second tier, but they're very important because you know they they are the sort of future donate donators. And so, yes, there's an out. But for people, though, people. I would say that most people, the majority, the majority of people feel awkward, period, about following up. OK, they just think it's they'll sit in there and catastrophize, but they'll do nothing about it. And so, one, you have to follow up. And two, there's no reason, you know, like they, they haven't. Well, believe me, there's no reason. It's like this whole thing. You know, somebody says to me, well, if I put blue in the subject line, what will they think? They'll think nothing. You know, <laughs> They get so much crap, they're not going to think about that. So just reiterate. I mean, just cut and paste, put a different subject line. It just keeps it easy. You don't have to reword things. And you're right. In the area of digital marketing, there's algorithms that basically resend, et cetera, et cetera, for you do all the, the work for you. Absolutely. There's no reason yeah, they can do a lot of the heavy lifting. And, and you know, I think I think a lot of the problem is that people just aren't really aware of 
not only the psychology of it, like we discussed from your book here, but also some of the some of the technology that's available to help them do these things. I mean, God, you, I, I don't even have to, you know, paste the text into another email anymore. Right. I just I, I open it on my phone. I click the email. Right. And then I retype the new subject line and I hold the button down and it resends to non opener. So like it takes 15 seconds. Right. Like. Well, this is uh, you're talking about marketing. I'm talking, you know, this is the book is directed towards uh, through to the leg. But you're absolutely correct. There are things on the other side. I use it. So Google and many mail platforms have things that will actually send the the email back to the top of your box. You know what I mean? Or give you a reminder. The best one I believe is I, I have is uh, it will actually. Uh, I think this is an I don't know if it's an Apple Mail, but but it actually brings the email back like you never got right there, boom, on the top. See how small are, you know, you're looking at maybe 15, 20 emails. It's very easy for once that you're off that page. It's so easy to forget. And a text or something. Jeez. I mean, there was a study in 2019, which obviously is, is a couple of years ago at this point that the average um, iPhone user gets 46 notifications a day. And that, for most people, is pretty small, right? Oh, you mean notifications for everything? You mean emails? Yeah, right out of all the different apps you have on your phone, right? But, like, I only have notifications for, like, messaging apps and maybe a couple things like my calendar because I've turned all the other ones off because I don't want the distractions. And I still get, like, almost 100 a day, right? Can you imagine how easy it is for like somebody could set down their phone for five seconds and miss your notification. Like it's it's gone. I I don't think you should rely on notifications. I know. I mean, I I shut them all off. Okay. (laughs) I shut all it. Yeah. I mean, I only keep them for messaging so they open up so I can see it, but yeah, I basically what I've done and I think it's a good thing, but then again, I'm my, I'm my own, you know, I run my own businesses and stuff and organizations is that, I just use email as my primary platform and uh, use texting and don't use Facebook or any of those mediums for communication. No, no Instagram, no Twitter. But I just consolidate everything on email because I believe that you, there's more composition and logic to email. And um, when I need to uh, have a call, I schedule the call. OK, you know, very easy. But I don't do no one that I work with. No one works with me, just calls me. I don't do voicemail. As a matter of fact, if somebody sees me, I'm calling is the worst. Yeah. With a voicemail, I will send them a follow up email and say, what time do you want to talk? Right. I will not return a call because it's going to go to voicemail. And then we're going to have this, you know, so I that's my strategy. But I, I think generally speaking, no, I don't know the world of notifications because I don't use them. I have a narrow platform, but I don't think that noti- I, I, if notifications are your system. You should come up with a better system just for the reason you said, you know, what I mean, that that notifications, there's too many. Well, you're talking about consumers, though. The average consumer is not setting up their phone to do business. Right. They're just installing apps and whatever the app does is what it does. They don't turn all the stuff off. Right. I mean, most people don't. Yeah, no, we, we're, we're toggling because basically I'm talking the book is directed. You know, we've got into digital marketing as you know, as digital marketers, but, but, you know, the book is targeted most, a lot of what I've been talking about in the latter half of this conversation is for lay people taking some of the strategies that we use 
and trying to translate them into, you know, some basic ones, such as the subject line, which are a big issue. I mean, the the number one reason that someone would file an email would be the subject line. They presume they know what it's about. That's why they file it. Okay. If it's, you know, if it's like a transactional email, like a receipt, right, or, you know, something like that, I think you should call it what it is. But if you're trying to get somebody's attention, you do not want to use anything like that, right? You want to use that that pattern interrupt, like you're saying, and just get them to open it because, you know, 99 times out of 100, they don't remember what the subject line of the email was anyway. You know, I use those. I use those as subject lines. I look through my junk box, you know, and all these things I get from Amazon, like your order is shipped or PayPal or Google Alerts, all these sort of things that people we get. I use them as subject lines. <laughs> you know, I, I, I am just, you know, I, every computer notifications that's out there is I have found is a good subject line. You know, I think from PayPal, you know, you're it, that's just me. I just why we were happy to talk. I mean, this is something that I I've actually looked for and, and had good result with is uh, the various things like that. Um, but this is, again, you know, business marketing. Sam, one thing I think that, you know, has come up in the past for us with subject lines is to make sure to avoid really negative subject lines, kind of shocking people into opening an email. Uh, We've seen some companies do that. And man, what we've got some pretty negative. (laughs) We've seen some pretty negative responses. Um, You mean like, uh oh, your prescription has expired. Well, you know, I mean, that's. I wouldn't use that if your subscription is not expiring, but uh, you know, something like, um, you know, the test result was bad or something like that, or you have something that sounds medical in nature or. That makes sense. You're right. I didn't know that. You know, we're not going to see each other anymore kind of thing. You know, any of that kind of negative connotation stuff. Yeah. Is, is, is definitely to be avoided. Sam, you know, I don't want to cut it too short, but we're kind of running out of time. Great. I think we've covered the basis. I think we did cover everything. And you know what? I think we had a really good conversation. I think people are really going to get a feel for how they can improve their open rates with, you know, their day-to-day communication and their business communication. So that's great. Um, If somebody wants to get your book, uh, I'll get back to you by Sam George. Where would they get it? Well, do you remember Curious George? I do. Okay. Just put in uh, George. An Amazon algorithm, you know, because they put in George and then put in, I'll get back to you. That's it. There you go. Perfect. And remember, curious, George. <laughs> That's right. Be curious about Sam George. I'll get back to you. Uh, Sam, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. It was a pleasure. I learned a lot. Thank you. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.